Seems a little odd to me for us to hear this particular gospel here in the middle of Lent. John's account of Jesus tossing the tables in the temple is always shocking. I remember the pictures from the Illustrated Bible when I was a kid. Jesus, the handmade whip high over his head, fierce look on his face, doves, coins, merchants scattering in all directions, tables in mid-flip. In John's gospel story, Jesus isn't rooting out corruption. There is no den of robbers here. Jesus merely says, stop making my father's house a marketplace. This is a scriptural allusion to Zechariah, chapter 14, verse 21. There shall no longer be traitors in the house of the Lord of hosts on that day. That is, on the day when the Lord comes to Jerusalem. Jesus' actions indicate that the Lord, He Himself, has come, and the traitors must now leave. Then Jesus really turns the tables on the crowd. When the Jews question His actions and, as always, ask for a sign, Jesus says, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The temple, which had been 46 years in construction, would be raised in three days? It's the temple. The temple. Come on, man. But Jesus isn't talking about the building anymore. He's turned those tables over to shake loose some of those habits and practices taking place in the temple that maybe weren't quite kosher. He's emphasizing that maybe there are new ways to temple, and he is the center of that change. For the last year, literally, we've watched as every table we've been used to has been flipped over and kicked across the room by this pandemic. All the trappings of our temple worship have been shut down, all of it metaphorically tossed into a corner in a pile. We haven't worshipped together normally for a year. No acolytes, no choir, no processional, no incense, and just a little weirdly sterile communion. Soon, we continue to hope and pray, we will begin the task of straightening out the mess we've been thrust into. We will undertake the task of writing the tables we need to and maybe getting rid of tables that weren't really what we needed at all. We have a chance to take real stock of what's important to St. Peter's and begin to build it anew. As we move back toward regathering and perhaps even normalcy, what will that mean for us? Will we just move back into the same rhythms and practices as always? Will we go back to business as usual? In another year, will 2020 just be a vague memory? I hope not. I want us always to remember this year and how we persevered. We Episcopalians take great pride in the beauty of our churches the grandeur of the vestments, the precision of the altar hangings, the order of the procession, 
and the expertise of the choir and the musicians. But we've managed a whole year without all that. That first video service on Greg's iPhone clipped to the back of the chair, one which showed up sideways, the glitches in the sound, the wonkiness of the Wi-Fi, the challenges of doing Zoom to Facebook, the smoke machine incense on Christmas Eve. It has been quite an adventure. But we've done it all without most of the things we thought we had to have in order to have church. Don't get me wrong. I love the vestments and the music and the incense. I believe they make a meaningful and powerful contribution to our services. We've actually done about a third more services than we would have in a normal year. But as we return to normal, let's look hard at what St. Peter's is really all about. Yes, we love our services. We love the liturgy. We love the music. We love our food pantry. We love our missions in other parts of the world. Let us never forget who we worship and why. The story of the cleansing of the temple points toward the replacement of the temple proper with the temple of Jesus' body. The foreshadowing of Christ's death and resurrection and its embodiment in the celebration of the Eucharist, which is what I think we've missed most of all. We miss being here at the table together with the real presence of Christ between us. But we cannot be content just to return to our former practices and revel in the comfort they bring to us. We are still called as Christians to share the good news of God in Christ, that Jesus came to this earth as one of us to show us how to live in right relationship with God and with one another, that Jesus gave his own life on the cross and rose again that we might have eternal life, that loving and caring for those who are marginalized by society is what is truly important. If this pandemic has taught us anything, it's taught us how quickly things can change and change drastically. One Sunday we were able to meet, the next Sunday we weren't. One week you were able to walk into this church building for any reason or for no reason, almost at any time of day or night. The next week you weren't. Someone you love gets a tough diagnosis. Someone's tough diagnosis returns with a vengeance. Jobs are lost. Homes are lost. Lives are lost. Circumstances can change in an instant. The tables can be turned over before we even realize it. Here's a case in point. Last Sunday, my mom went to visit my brother in Texas. On Wednesday, I drove to Mount Pleasant, Texas to meet them and bring her home. Timing was a little tricky because I was also supposed to facilitate a book study for the Episcopal Church women and the Daughters of the King on Wednesday night. But I knew I had enough time to get there and back. 
After a quick hug to my brother, we headed back home. It was about 3 p.m. Ten miles out of Mount Pleasant, traffic on I-30 came to a standstill. And I mean a standstill. Usually if there's construction, traffic will kind of crawl along slowly. But this was different. We just stopped. On the way down to meet my mom and my brother, I passed through an area where part of the median and the side areas were burning. I thought maybe someone was working on putting the fire out. Time passed. Nothing was moving. I checked my watch. I knew how much of a time cushion I had, and it was disappearing rapidly. People began to get out of their cars to see what they could see or to stretch their legs. We were about a mile from the front of the line. I could see flashing lights, but couldn't tell what had happened. The lines on the westbound side of the freeway were blocked by emergency vehicles, but cars and trucks were being let through one or two at a time. As the time grew longer, it became clear that something bad had happened. I stopped worrying about my little problem and began to pray for the people involved in the accident up ahead. Eventually, a helicopter came into view and landed in the road. It took off some time later. After nearly three hours, the line started to move. As we crept forward toward the site of the stoppage, we saw de debris, chemical absorbents scattered on the road, several emergency vehicles and workers. Finally, we passed the cab of the semi-truck that had apparently run into the back of another truck. I say cab, but it didn't look much like one anymore. The top and front portions had either been shorn off in the wreck or cut off by the firemen. Either way, it was clear that whoever had been in that vehicle has seen the tables of his or her life turned over in an instant. My little problem of missing out on the book study didn't seem so important after all. The book study went on without me thanks to the help of able friends. My life was only impacted for a few hours. I was able to drive home safely and to be with you today. The person in that truck was not so lucky. As we continue through the remainder of this Lenten season, let us reflect on what we've learned this past year. Let us consider also, what if Jesus came into our own sanctuary? What would he turn over here? What might he chase away? What can we do without? What can we do better? What have we been taking for granted? and what really matters to us as followers of Christ in this place. How are we called to follow him more faithfully? Let us search our own hearts and minds for those places where those things which come between us and others might have built up. Isolation, impatience, busyness, pettiness. Let us search for ways to sweep that stuff off the table and make room for more compassion, more presence, more love. Amen.